0: everybody? How you doing? Happy Father's Day. Come on, let's just give it up for all the dads in the room today. I have to say a huge shout-out to my dad, Dennis Lashney. He's my hero. He's an amazing man. I, I, I would assume you're watching online. If not, I'm going I'm to call you later. I'm going to tell you, Happy Father's Day. But right now, I'm saying Happy Father's Day in front of everybody. So, Um, Happy Father's Day to some of my spiritual dads in the room here today. Uh, Scott Harding, when I think of just a couple weeks ago, Pastor Scott was in the tank with me baptizing my daughter, and that was so special because when I was a kid, he baptized our whole family, so it's just so cool, and so thank you so much. You're a spiritual dad and granddad. He He was preaching the night that my dad gave his life to Jesus, and so just happy Father's Day to you. Love you so much. Bob sitting here right on the front row. Bob, I remember being a, a kid in the on the mission field in Germany, which sounds like a joke, right? Missions in Germany, but it's post-Christian Germany, and I remember being there and him sending all these care packages and checking in on us all the time, and and just like those memories to me were formative as a kid. I thought, we're out here doing the Lord's work, right? and he is supporting and encouraging, and thank you so much for the man that you are. You're an amazing, amazing man. Got Lenny Ports over here on the front row. Lenny, you are an amazing man. Thank you so much for the, for the father that you are in my life. Um, I, I, I had a bit of a down moment uh, recently, and, and he just, the way he cared and checked in and picked up on what was going on and I just, I love you so much. You're, you're an amazing example. So there's so many more. Dwayne, I don't know if you're in this, in this service, um, whatever service you're in, I'm gonna highlight you, but there's so many amazing men in this church and I just wanna say thank you. Come on, let's give one huge hand clap to all the dads in the room. Before I talk about Father's Day and I'm gonna preach a Father's Day message today, I wanna also just highlight Kids Camp for just a second. Kids Camp was so good. I know that there was like a handful, not many, but a handful of you who walked in the building last week and went, oh, heck no. And you turned around and you walked out. <laughs> the ones who stayed here, someone came up to me after service, big dude, big dude, comes up to me after service. And he's like, can I talk to you? Are you the pastor? And I'm like, yes. And then I'm like, great. He's gonna yell at me, I came to be fed today. I came to worship today. You know, I'm thinking he's about to yell at me and he, he's like, can I talk to the pastor? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, this was amazing. I was like, yeah. And he was like, the message was so good. It's exactly what I needed to hear. And I'm thinking if all of us would be willing to just humble ourselves and be like kids, we can receive from God so much more. You know, when we have the position of a, of a child that just cries Abba Father, which means dad, daddy, it's dad God. It's like, it's like we call him our dad, right? And so um, so that that's just so amazing. But we had 260 kids register for camp last last week. So good. <laughs> the golf clap for Father's Day. Very appropriate. <laughs> um, uh, and then and, and then also uh, 160 team members last week. And so you guys are just absolutely amazing. Come on, can we give a huge hand clap to everyone who served at kids camp? So good. And I'm I'm pumped about youth camp that's coming up. Please pray, if you have not yet, for Summer Vibe, our youth camp. Please pray for it. It's going to be amazing. God's going to move. It's going to change people's lives. It's going to change the trajectory of people's lives. My dad was saved at a youth camp. It changed my life. If he had not given his life to Jesus, right? the legacy, the family tree changed because of a youth camp. And so please pray for youth camp. I think it's gonna be absolutely awesome. We're calling it Summer Vibe. It's gonna be a great time, and please pray for that. Okay, I want to preach to you today a Father's Day message. I wanna preach a Father's Day message to you. You know, in our culture, we hear a lot about this, this phrase, toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity. It's a, it's a toxic thing, uh, you know, this, this masculinity. It's very toxic in our culture, and it's a big problem, and we need to address this. And, you know, on the other side, we have this massive problem, especially in our country, of fatherlessness. So many people growing up with a, without a father, or an absentee father, or a father who's checked out, or a father who's not fully present and I'm not talking about dads who are working hard, multiple jobs to make ends meet. I'm talking about dads who are off living for their own pleasure and their own, you know, their own thing and totally ignoring their family and their children. You know, so we've got these problems in our, in our, in our culture. If you, if you look at media, a lot of times what you'll see is the image of a deadbeat dad in, on all of our TV shows. Here's some of them right here, okay? Deadbeat dads, okay? Or just idiot dads, or just doofus dads. In our culture, we love to look at an image of dad as he's the the dumb one. He's the squishy one sitting on the couch. He's the lazy one. He's the kind of doofus, and mom's making everything work, and dad's kind of checked out, dumb. Are you hearing me? Does this resonate with you? Do you see this in our culture? I'm gonna assume that the golf claps and the quietness is like every time I hear a golf clap, that was a hole in one today, okay, for Father's Day. So um, so this is kind of what we see in our culture. Is this just like the dumb dad, the checked out dad, toxic masculinity, absentee father? And I, I wanna know, like, what does the Bible say about what a godly father is supposed to be? What a godly man is supposed to be? And, First Corinthians says this, I love this. Paul is speaking to the Corinthians and he says this, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men. Be strong, let all that you do be done in love. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. I think this one verse alone, the first half addresses one problem and the second half addresses another problem. The second half of this verse addresses what truly could be toxic masculinity, where a man is abusive, where a man is harsh, where a man takes liberties with someone that he shouldn't take, whatever that may be, is because he's not doing everything he does in love. But the first part of this addresses a a very big issue in our culture, and I would call it toxic immasculinity, where men are not behaving as men should behave, where men are not being the people that God has called men to be, when we're not behaving the way that God's called us to behave. And I love this verse, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. I wanna to talk today about one specific area that I think we as men need to step up to the plate in our families, and our society, in our, in our households, wherever it may be, in our personal lives, and it's this idea of being watchful and acting like men. Are you okay if we go all the way to the very beginning of the Bible? Let's go to Genesis, okay? We did it for Mother's Day, let's do it here, okay? Listen to this. Genesis chapter two says this. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Who did he take? The man. He took the man. Who did he give the instruction to? Come on, talk to me. How do we know this? Because Eve was not created yet. This verse is literally the verse before God says it's not good for man to dwell alone. The verse before, when Adam is by himself, God gives him instruction. And he says, You can eat of any tree of the garden, any tree, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in it, in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. He gives the word to the man then he creates woman okay now if you don't if you think this verse is like patriarchy pro man and anti woman just listen to my mothers day message and i do the same thing with genesis about women okay so if you hate me at the end of this message go back and listen to mothers day where i joke on men and you will be okay okay but but <laughs> But today, I'm just pulling from scripture, okay? I'm not inventing this idea that God gave the instruction to man, he was the only guy on earth, okay? And God gives him the instruction, and then we go to this next part of the story. Later on in the story, Eve has been created, and it says this, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Now, pause just for a moment. Eve did not hear God say this. Adam heard God say this. So who is she questioning? Who is he questioning? Is he questioning just the authority of God? Or is he questioning the authority that the husband has? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Is he questioning, like, can you really trust that Adam is telling you the truth, that God said this. He's questioning both things at one time. Now, we like to preach this message and we like to talk about how he's questioning God, but he's also questioning, he's also trying to sow division between the husband and the wife. Are, are you tracking with me? So the serpent says, Did God really say, You shall not eat of the tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, you may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it. Where did that line come from? It's made up. Who made it up? Did Adam make it up or did Eve make it up? Who knows? <laughs> you know, I, I, heard, I heard a pastor who I love, T.D. Jakes, say, he said that every time that a man gives a woman something, she gives it back to him fully developed and nourished and like, right? So um, man and woman are intimate. The man goes on his way and she brings back to him a fully formed human being. It's pretty crazy. A man goes to his wife and says, God said we're not supposed to eat of this tree. And she gives back to him or touch it. (laughs) Whatever the woman gets from the man, she is going to nurture She's going to develop. She's going to carry it for nine months. She's going to give birth to it. When the husband is mad at work at his boss and he comes home and he goes, I had a crappy day. My boss said this to me. The wife is ticked for a year and the husband's over it after a beer. (laughs) That is how this works. The woman is created to nurture, to develop, to foster, to to receive what she's given, and to bring it back in spades. If you give her a house, she will give you back a home. Are you hearing me? Here, here's this house, and she's gonna make it beautiful and amazing. She's gonna nurture it. She's gonna foster it. The husband's like, you know, yeah, this looks great. And she's nurturing it and developing it. So the man tells the woman, and I believe she embellished just a little bit um, on this thing, or we're not even supposed to touch it, but it doesn't matter. Let's keep going in the story. She goes, "Or, or, or touch it. We're not supposed to eat it or touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, now just hear this just for a second. God gives instruction to the man and the serpent is whispering to the woman, Why is this happening? Because he's trying to sow division, not just in what God has said, but also in their unity and in their marriage. Hey, did God really say? So the serpent says to the woman, gotta find my place here, Um, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. Listen to this verse right here. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her. Gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. So you're telling me this entire time Adam has received instruction from God has heard this instruction, has heard the word of God from God's mouth and he's standing next to Eve as the serpent questions Eve and Eve takes the fruit and eats it and hands it to him and then all of a sudden he's eating of the same thing? If you didn't hear, he just said, "Happy wife, happy life." <laughs> Very good. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. He, so, so he's standing there the whole time. He is not acting like Paul says, like a man. He's not being watchful. He's not standing firm in the faith. He's not. He's not. He's not standing strong. He's not acting like a man. What is he doing? He's passively watching as the serpent whispers lies about what God has said into his wife's ear while he's totally checked out. And then when she goes down that path, he grabs the fruit and eats with her. Whose fault is this? We can can blame Eve all we want. Dude, Adam, where were you? You were missing in action. You were physically present and mentally and spiritually completely checked out. You were right there and yet nowhere to be found. You were not acting like a man. Now, let's make, let's make this even worse, okay? Let's read the next part of this story. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife Hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden, but the Lord God called out to the man. Now I want to I want to make this clear. This is not a sexist statement. This is not a. It's just a biblical fact. He called out to the man. When we read this story, we often think he called out to the both of them. He called out to the man. I think there's a very specific reason why he called out to the man. He gave the man the instruction. He gave the man the partner to watch, to protect, to care for, to walk with, to walk alongside, and the man was missing in action. So he says to the man, he calls out to the man and said, where are you? Now, I want to ask this question to our culture today. Adam, man, where are you? There's a serpent whispering lies about what God has said or not said. Man, where are you? Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Why is he not reprimanding Eve right now? He gave the instruction to Adam. So so listen to this just for a moment. Okay, we talk about patriarchy, men, whatever. It's a responsibility, not um, not a power position. Adam was given a responsibility, not a position to lord over his wife. He was given a responsibility. Now, I know we don't like to hear this but the truth of the matter is he wasn't given like leadership and authority so that he could lord over his wife he was given the word of god and entrusted i want you to be the protector of this i want you to nurture this i want you to oversee this i want you to keep this safe and he failed to do his job so now he's saying to the man he's saying to the man have you eaten of the tree of god which i commanded you not to eat Then the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me. She gave me the fruit of the tree and then I ate. Oh, God. Okay, so now it's God's fault. God, the woman you gave me, if you had given me a different kind of wife, if you had given me a more gentle, sweet you know, love, she just does everything I want her to do. If she, you know, no, God said, I made you a partner, not a small child to carry around with you. I made you a partner, you know? And he's like, if you had made her a little less spunky, (laughs) if you had made her a little less feisty, if you had made her a little less opinionated, God, the woman you gave me, she's the problem. Okay, this is man at his absolute worst. This deserves all the Homer Simpson jokes, all the dumb dads in all the movies. This deserves, why? Because this is a classic example from the very beginning of God giving us a, as men a responsibility to be watchful, to pay attention At the first sign of that serpent whispering to his wife, Adam should have been going, whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. You're saying, what? He should have been there, but he wasn't. He was physically there. He was spiritually and emotionally checked out. And I believe that's why Paul, when he says to us as men, uh, I I wanna go back to 1 Corinthians. When he says to this at the end of of his book, he says, be watchful. Stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Be watchful. How many of us as men are just not watchful in what's going on in our family's life and what's going on in our, you know, in our children and our spouse? We as men, one of the markers of being a godly man is being vigilant, standing firm in the faith, right? acting like a man. Be the protector God's called you to be. Be the man who's, who's, who's paying attention to what's going on in your family's life and going, hey, this is not cool, right? Why? Because it's a responsibility. This is not me saying, man, you are the king of your home and you will rule like a king. This is me saying what, what the Bible says Jesus did. Listen to this verse. Listen to this verse um, uh, uh, about Jesus. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. What I'm talking to you today about is not men be the king of your kingdom, it's men serve like Jesus. How did Jesus serve versus Adam? Do we have this chart, let's put this chart up. Look at this, Adam receives God's instruction, he's missing in action, he blames Eve. Jesus receives God's instruction and he says this, I have told you everything the Father told me. And then he takes responsibility. Jesus does not blame his bride for her sins. He takes them upon himself. Are you hearing me? And he says, no, I'm gonna take responsibility. I'm not gonna, I, he, doesn't take, he doesn't take it like I'll, you know, I, I did it. I, he, he doesn't take the guilt um, in the sense that he did it. He takes the responsibility for the guilt. He takes the responsibility for everything that's gone wrong. And he says, I'm gonna carry this. That's who God has called us to emulate, That is who we're supposed to be like as men. When when the Bible says, be strong, act like a man, right? What is it saying? We're not talking about a toxic masculinity that wants to lord over people. We're talking about a watchful guard that says, hey, when I see something, I'm gonna gonna instruct, I'm gonna teach, I'm gonna gonna tell you everything that, that God has given me. I'm not telling you what I want or how I want things done in my house because of me. I'm telling you, this is what the Lord God has given us. The word of God, a godly man has his Bible open in his home, are you hearing me? And when he gets that instruction, when he receives that instruction, he instructs and he takes responsibility, he lays down his life. He's not someone who's lording over his wife, he's someone who is serving his family. This first thought here today about just acting like a man is be a watchful partner, be a watchful partner. You know, I, I, when, I, when I'm saying this, I know that there's some people in the room who maybe as a woman, you're, you're thinking, I don't need a man. Or, you know, men, men, men who think I don't need a woman or w- women who think I don't need a man. Man, it's just, it's just so sad when God has designed us to work as male and female for us to throw out an entire half of what God has created. Well, I don't need a man or I don't need a woman. I don't need... Yeah, you, it is true that you are a complete human being, that you don't need someone to fulfill you. But man, we as men should be so, um, and so respectful and loving of the creature that God has created called woman. And women should be so respectful and mindful of the creature that God has created called man. They actually do serve different functions. Now, I'm not talking about personality. Kenzie and I are like, opposite like I'm the woman and she's the man personality wise okay (laughs) like personality 100% I'm just like you know more often than not when we're in the car I'm the one talking and she's the one who's like um what'd you just say you know and I'm like did you hear anything I just said and she's like she's like just say it again and I'm like I'm like no And, and and then I sit there quiet while I'm driving. And she's like, she's like, just say it. And I'm like, no. You didn't listen the first time. And then Story's like, just say it. <laughs> the scouts in the back seat just laughing. <laughs> Personality-wise, we got some role reversals here. But in our house, God has given me a responsibility to be a watchful partner to actually, to, not to enforce my rules or my, but to take what the scripture says and be the guardian of my home. Yeah. That when I see a serpent whispering in my wife's ear, this or that, or this or that, that it's my job to be like, hey, in our house, like this is what the word God has said. As for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. Yeah. Be a watchful partner. Does that mean that women can't also love Scripture and study Scripture? No, that's ridiculous. Of course you can. But men, you have a responsibility. Step up to the plate. Be a watchful partner. Now, this doesn't just end with your spouse. Listen to this verse about children. Listen to this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. When I read, when I read this verse, it just kind of, it hurt when I read this verse because um, recently I've been really frustrated because Scout's in this phase. <laughs> I hope it's a phase. <laughs> Scouts in this phase where she just struggles to obey anything that you tell her to do. And she is hilarious. And that combination is not good. Because I'll tell her to do something, and she'll say no, and she'll make the funniest face, and she'll say the funniest thing. And next thing I know, I'm laughing, and I'm like, wait, you just disobeyed what I said, and I'm laughing with you, right? So it makes me mad. And she always has these little names and these little things. I'm like, Scout, go upstairs and put on your PJs. And she goes, okay, Mr. Big Guy. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Hold up. The other day I said, Scout, go do this. And she goes, okay, Mr. Ma'am. And I said, did you say Mr. Ma'am? And she said, I said Mr. Man. Then, 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 she, started, then she started calling me Stinky Man. <laughs> then she called me all this. Recently, she goes, okay, little man. And I was like, oh. <laughs> little man pushed me just a little too far. <laughs> and when she said that one, I was like go to your room right now. So I go, up to, I go up to her room and I'm yelling at her. I'm screaming at her. I'm like, you will not talk to me. That, blah, 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 blah. I'm just like screaming at her, right? And, uh, and she, she does, man, she got this from Kenzie. It's so bad. She, 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 she looks at me and she's like, spank me. I don't care. And I'm like, oh my gosh. What to do in this situation. So she's just ratcheting it up. She's just, I don't care. She's, you know, all this stuff. And so I'm yelling at her. I'm getting more and more intense. I'm getting, what I've learned with Scout is the best thing is to say, sit on this step and to walk away and give her no airtime. Oh dude, I come back three seconds later and she is squirming on that step, screaming. "Let me on step. But if I ratchet it up with her, if I yell at her, if I ratchet up, she just yells right back at me. She's four years old. I can take her, but I'm scared. (laughs) I can take her, but I'm scared because she's got this look in her eyes. And I'm like, you are going to murder me. It's just like, but if I ratchet it up, she ratchets, ratchets it up, right? And there's a part of me that's like, I gotta break her will. No, God gave her a really strong will. I don't need to break that will. I need to discipline and instruct that will. Are you hearing me? I don't need to break her. God made her the way he made her. I need to instruct and shape and direct her. I find that the louder I yell, later I just hear my kids yelling at each other. And the very behavior that I don't want them to do, I just modeled for them. And now I got Story, who's the sweetest little kid yelling at Scout. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, she got that for me five seconds ago. Don't provoke your kids to anger. Discipline them and instruct them in the way of God. In other words, be a watchful parent. Discipline and instruct. This does not mean, there is a point when kids are little where you have to teach them obey because I'm your parent. But as they get older, you have to start leading and directing them to think the way God has called us to think. Not just do what I say to do, but I wanna discipline and instruct your mind so that when you're not with me, when you're at school, when you're at work one day, when you're choosing a partner one day that you're gonna marry, that you have been instructed in the ways of the Lord, that your mind actually thinks like the mind of Christ. My responsibility is not to just be the rule enforcer of my home. My responsibility is to bring the word of God into my home and instruct and discipline that those young minds in the ways of God. I love it. The other day, I was so proud of the story. It was so funny. The other day we had somehow, I don't know how this happened. We had a bunch of little communion cups that ended up at our house. Okay. The, The COVID ones, the ones with the wrapper on top. Do you guys remember those? Somehow they ended up at our house and Kenzie was cleaning up and she batched all that stuff and she was throwing it in the trash and Story said, you can't throw away communion cups. And she said, what? And she said, that's the blood and body of Jesus. (laughs) And Kenzie was like, no, these are stale old communion cups. And she's like, you can't do that. I was pretty sure I was gonna come around the corner five seconds later and Story was gonna be drinking every single one of those cups and eating every single one of those wafers. But to hear a seven-year-old articulate back what communion is my job as a dad is not to be the the mr tough guy in the house my job is to be firm in what god has said firm in what i believe firm a firm model of what the scripture says but i'm feeling convicted recently i'm like man yelling and fussing and screaming at my kids does not do anything but teach them to yell and fuss and scream my job is to teach them and discipline their mind and their, instruct them in the ways of the Lord. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Be a watchful parent. I gotta tell you, I think a lot of men are missing in action right now. There's a serpent in our society today that is whispering all kinds of lies about did God really say this? Did he really say this? Did he really say that? And I think if the dads would step up now listen, There's all kind, you can watch it on YouTube all day long. There's all kinds of mama bears who go into school board meetings and raise heaven in that meeting. But I'm talking about being a dad who is, when an idea makes it from a kid's school into the home, the dad sees that idea, sees that serpent whisper, goes into his kid's life and sits down and disciplines and instructs them in the ways of God. Discipline, again, is not like, uh, uh, discipline is shaping, it's forming, it's helping them. So taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ, the Bible says. Be a watchful parent. Here's the last one here today. I would say this, be a watchful, I don't know if this is a word, practicer. Okay, is that a word? Practitioner. Practitioner. You're smarter than I am. Okay, here we go. Listen to this, listen to this. 1 Timothy 4.12, let no one despise you for your youth. This is Paul talking to Timothy, but set, uh, set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourselves to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given to you by the prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Listen to this. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. I think that part of the problem in our society is when a man says, well, the Bible says blank, and he is not practicing it himself. Keep a watchful eye The the Bible says this, keep a watchful eye of the doctrine is what he says, of the teaching. Watch out close. Make sure that you're teaching actually what God has really said. We don't need to mix in any other ideas or any other principles. The word of God is the principle for living. It is the principle for godliness. It is the guide of our lives. But let's make sure that we're actually practicing these things and that we're living in a way that our children and our spouses and our friends can see progress in our life on a daily basis. Are you hearing me? There is nothing worse than, than somebody who is screaming from the rooftops what everyone else's sin is, right? Putting all over Facebook, this is a problem, this is a problem, this is a problem, and they are not practicing the word of God in their own life. There is nothing worse than someone, I remember, I remember when we did the Armor of God series, God spoke to me because we put on the belt of truth before we wield the sword of truth. And God said this, that we put on truth, we must wear truth, we must gird up our lives with truth before we can wield the truth. And as men, if we're going to be the men that we're called to be, if we're going to be the fathers we're called to be, man, we better be practicing before we preach. We better be learning. Now, Here's what I love about the word practice, okay? Practice does not mean perfection. I love that. Practice these things. What are you practicing? I am an imperfect man. I, I, all the time, I'm like, oh, man, this area or that thing or this attitude or this thought or whatever it may be, all the time I'm going, oh, didn't get that right. That's what practice is for is that we constantly bring ourselves back to, I'm gonna practice godliness. I'm gonna practice godliness. I'm gonna practice godliness. I'm gonna practice the Word of God. I'm gonna practice living His Word. I'm gonna practice speaking His Word. I'm gonna practice purity. I'm gonna practice these things in my life. I'm gonna practice the Word of God. Now, if we're gonna be the men God has called us to be, we gotta practice these things. Here's what's what's really sad to me. There was a study that said that um, if mom and dad go to church, both of them go to church weekly, that their kid with almost like 99% will be involved in a church when they get older. If mom and dad both go with their kids, like something like 90 something percent, they will both go to church. If mom brings the kids to the church and dad is absent and does not come to church, it is very likely that those kids will not go to church when they get older. If dad brings them to church and mom doesn't come, it's like 80% they will come to church. What is this? That's no shame at all on a, on, a, on a mom who's trying to make things work. She's doing the right thing by bringing her kids to church. But if the men do not guard, you know, these are the things where, these are the, this is what the word of God has said, and I'm gonna live it, I'm gonna guard it, I'm gonna implement it in my house. I'm gonna implement it in my life. I'm gonna, man, if if men don't set that example, what a huge failure. You know, we were recently, we were looking at um, the attendance of our church and in the last year, we've had close to 1,800 to 2,000 people that come to this church, okay? They don't all come on the same Sunday. You guys need to upgrade your membership, okay? You guys are on the bronze plan and you need to move up to the gold plan, okay? Um, But but people don't come every single week sometimes. But over the last year, we looked at who those people are. And it's like over 60% women and under 40% men. And that just broke my heart when I saw that. It's not just true about this church. It's true about every church in the country. There's something about Men just being missing in action. And what, what pains me is we can spend all of our time and energy fighting on Instagram and, and Facebook and all this stuff out in the cultural space. But if we're not practicing it in our homes, if we're not bringing our families to church, if we're not cutting off the serpent's head when he's whispering in our, in our family's ears then we have no right to complain about what's going on in culture, what's going on. Man, men are not being the men that God has called us to be. Are you hearing me? It's our job to cut the head off the snake. It's our job to cut the head off the snake. Can a woman cut the head off the snake? Absolutely, she sure can. Uh, My wife probably in our house would cut the head off the snake if there was a copperhead in our yard. I'm just kidding. Here's what I would do, legit, here's what I would do. I've already thought this through. If there's a copperhead in my yard, I'm getting on my riding lawnmower, I'm getting my I'm getting my uh my leaf blower, I'm getting I'm gonna create a flamethrower essentially. And I'm gonna ride around chasing that thing, blasting it with fire. That's what I'm gonna do. And I'm gonna turn around and my wife's gonna be holding it by the tail like. You know, she grew up in Prince George and I grew up in Europe. <laughs> we had two kind of snakes in Europe and one was blind and the other doesn't have teeth. <laughs> that is 100% true. Um, it is our job to cut the head off the snake. It's our job to cut the head off the snake. The snake is telling lies against God. He's not, he's not challenging who I am. He's challenging who God is. The snake is lying about God and sowing division between male and female even, right? Well, did God really say, can you really trust Can you really trust, are you hearing me? It's our job to cut the head off the snake, to act like men, to step up to the plate and to be like, hey, these ideas that you're being filled with, you know, in the culture or whatever, no, we're gonna apply truth to them. How do we cut off the head of the snake with the double-edged sword sharp enough to pierce bone and marrow That is the word of God. Sharply dividing truth. Charles Spurgeon said, uh, discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It's knowing the difference between right and almost right. I hear people say all the time, well, theology is too divisive and it creates too many. No, it should be. Actually, Paul says, there should be divisions among you so that it can be shown who's actually right. In other words, like there should be actual like, arguments about what scripture says not to the point that we lose fellowship with one another but so that so that the right idea can be brought to the forefront and so men like let's step up to the plate let's be watchful uh, partners let's be watchful parents and let's be watchful practitioners thank you for that word all right happy father's day let's bow our heads and close our eyes god we thank you Thank you, thank you, thank you. You could have made a planet with all one gender. You could have made a planet where we spontaneously reproduce, you know, this way. But no, instead, you made male and female. You gave us different gifts, different abilities, different different personality traits, different giftings. But God, you gave the man this, this instruction and you gave him the responsibility to be a watchful partner. He was, as Adam was missing in action, Jesus stepped up to the plate. He took ownership. He he taught the word of God. He took ownership, and so Jesus, today, we pray that you would help us as fathers behave that way. Help us as fathers to act that way. For the men in the room who aren't fathers but wanna be fathers, God, I pray that you would provide children for them. God, for the spiritual dads in the room, I pray that you'd provide spiritual children for them. God, I pray every person in this church would fully operate in the giftings and callings of God on our lives. And part of that is men stepping up to the plate, being a watchful partner, a watchful parent, and a watchful practitioner. So God, we thank you for it today. We ask you to help us to be the fathers you've called us to be in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said.